Today's episode of the Locked On Reds podcast is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Baseball is back, and the Reds are poised for one of the best seasons in franchise history. Welcome into the Lockdown Reds podcast. My name is Jeff Carr. We don't want to just win, we want to dominate. And here we go. All right, for today's Lockdown Reds, we have back with me in person. We are drinking a brew. It is from, yeah, I'll go ahead and say a free ad, whatever. Mike, Mount Carmel, pretty good beer. It's good beer. Amber Ale. Yeah. I'm liking it. Uh, and we're going to talk some Reds because we have baseball. To Can we talk. just talk about the pod? No, before we talk about baseball, I just okay. want to say this. I get asked to go. You didn't even introduce me yet. Should you tell everybody who I am first? I should. Huh? <laughs> I should. All right. We just assume they know? I've talked about the beer first before you. I don't know what that says about yeah. me. Mo Egger. He is the man. He is Mo Egger. Yeah. My friend and yours. From ESPN 1530, right. he also writes for The Athletic. He also does a lot of stuff with UC. Yeah, it, it's there's a lot. I'm going to start driving an Uber here soon. Uh, yes, <laughs> the so I just wanted to say that so yeah I've been I, I get asked for some reason to go on a lot of podcasts and it's it's been interesting it's been interesting because you know over the last four months you could tell we've gotten toward the end of it because now it's like well we've got to continue to do podcasts Mo's always available <laughs> I've done four podcasts in the last week I have nothing new to say than I had to say back in March. I have nothing new to add to the conversation, but I've been asked, I get asked to go on these podcasts. This is the second one I've been asked to do from somebody's house. I'll tell the story of the first one here in a second. Let's do it. It's the first one that I've been given beer. Now your boy in Hawaii with the Reds Alert podcast mailed me beer. He put beer in the mail, which means I couldn't drink it for four months. Because it's all foamy. It's been bouncing around a plane, a mail truck. So I opened the first one. It blew all over the place. I'm like, well, I'll put that on ice for four months. In 2012, when podcasts were sort of just everybody was, you know, I got to have a pod. I get an email from this guy. He goes, hey, we want to have you on our our podcast. I'm like, yeah, what do you need? I'm happy to do it. Well, my buddy and I tape it in our apartment in Fort Thomas. Why don't you come by? So at like 10.30 at night on like a Tuesday, I get in my car and I, I'd had dinner with a friend of mine. And I was telling her, I'm like, yeah, after this, I'm, I'm going to this guy's apartment for a podcast. And she goes, are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> I'm like, why? What's the problem? She's like, you're going to go walk. There's like there's gonna be two guys and God knows how many other people waiting for you. Mm-hmm. You might not come out of there alive. So thankfully, I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. No, so I, I'm making a rare exception to my no home visit for podcast rule. Well, I appreciate it. Good. Welcome to Casa de Car. And he got beer. Uh, and, and beer. We, we've talked about the Reds before, like you said, in spring. So I'm not going to go crazy with what are our expectations. Our expectations haven't changed. We think they're going to win. Yeah. 
I don't know about to think we're going to win it all, but I almost stopped short of saying I'm expecting the playoffs. Let's talk about some details within that. Nick Castellanos. Yeah. Made people mad the other day. Why? Why are, people, why are we getting mad already? People are mad online. Why, why are we mad? I'm tired they're, of this. scouting played in game yet. We're already getting mad? They're mad online because, see, here's the thing. Not, not to say I agree with them, but they're saying, oh, gosh, it's Rysel Iglesias all over again. Now we got two of them. we got two guys that don't want to do whatever they're told, and they want to do what they want to do. I'm with you, though. Yeah? I, because why would he say that he doesn't want to do a part of the game that is required of him? He doesn't want to be a DH. Few players want to be a DH. Right. Guess what? They didn't have a DH in the National League four months ago. Now they do. Right. You're a candidate to do it. I'm sure he'll do fine. I'm sure he'll do it willingly. Did he say, I'm not going to DH? No. There's a difference between I don't want to and I'm not going to. Right. There's a lot of things I don't want to do. There's a lot of things I won't do. There's a difference. There's a lot of things I don't want to do that I have to do. There's a handful of things I'm not doing. If he would have said, I'm not DHing, well, even then, guess what, pal? You're not the manager. Uh, right. He came to the National League thinking he was going to play the field. I would imagine most players want to play the field. Right. Right? Uh, I didn't take it as, like, I guess a lot of other people did. I took it as, yeah, I see why. But guess what? We have a DH. And we have an overabundance of outfielders. And you're not a good defensive player. So guess what? You're going to DH a lot. Exactly. And, and why would he come out and say, oh, I, you know what? That's good. I, I'm not good at defense. I, I'll, I'll DH. Right. I don't want to play. What, what do you want him to say? Oh, thank God. <laughs> Standing out there in right field. There's no fans out there. It's oh, so boring. Like, what right. did you want him to say? He came to the National League with the expectation he was going to play. I would imagine right field. Mm -hmm. I I, I would find it uh, problematic if he's like, ah, yeah, big load off my shoulders. I'm not even going to bring my glove to the ballpark now. I can't use it anyway. I mean, no, it's – he would prefer to not DH. He will be forced to oftentimes DH. Right. I don't know why you get mad at that. And I I think the other part – and I know talking about the business of baseball is all it just has us hating life. But from the business side, <laughs> if he says that all he wants to do is DH, they're knocking money off of his next contract. Yeah, sure. Yes. That, yeah. That, that's all right. I mean, when I, yeah. when I look at that, he's I'm not doing gonna, as much. Yeah, sure. You, you're not going to get paid as much to, to not do as much. No, he's he's going to DH, and you know that's he's probably he's probably not going to DH as much as people think. Because I would imagine the DH is going to be used as a mechanism to give guys a day off, but not really a day off. There's Jesse Winker thing because he's not good defensively. But, I mean, who among us, when we saw that this was going to be the rule this year, didn't have Nick Castellanos' DH leap to the very front of our minds? If you're predicting team awards and all that stuff, is he your MVP? Because he's mine. Haven't even thought about that. <clears throat> it's a good question. He was mine in March. He's still mine now. It's not just because um, he hit a home run off Anthony DiSquifani today. I mean, it's a good guess. Yeah, sure. I, I, I hope that's a conversation. Like, I hope we can fight over that because it means there's a lot of guys who are candidates. Hopefully. Uh, and that, to me, is the bigger thing. If it's clear cut, that's probably not good. Yeah, yeah. If it's, if it's clear cut, either somebody did something so statistically bizarre that it's obvious 
or more likely nobody on this team was good. So I hope it's a conversation. I think it's a good question. Um, it's like if we ask who the best hitter question. was of 2019, it's easy. It was Suarez. Yeah, 49 home runs. Yeah. This year, hopefully, like you said, it's a conversation. I'm. I, I got. I got a feeling. I got a feeling that he's going to. Well, be. I mean, it, you know, think of it. Suarez, Castellanos, and Mustakis could all lead this team in home runs. Mm-hmm. Now that number might be. 15. <laughs> it's going to be weird looking. <laughs> yeah. It might be less than 15. And, yeah. But, you know, I mean, Joey Votto could lead this team in home runs. I'll think he will. But if you have like two, two homer games, <laughs> you know? So, uh, you know, it, it's, I think it's, I think it's a good question. Um, I'll go with a wild card. I'll say Shogo. Okay. Because I like that. if this team really takes off, it's because he gets on base a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's because if he's playing a lot of center field, uh, he's got a lot of ground to cover, especially with if, you know, if Winker's in left and whoever's playing right field. You know, now, maybe he plays a, a lot more right field because you know, Castellanos is going to DH, but I'll go, I'll go Shogo. Who votes on team MVP? I reckon it's the players. Maybe yeah. media relations people. I don't know. I've never even thought of it. That's a good point. That's really just, yeah, just spitballing there. And Shogo is well, what I saw the first at bat against Lucas Sims, like fouled off a million pitches. and then He looked like a clown on strike three. He did. Yeah. And that was a straight fastball. Send him back to Japan. Really, that was not. <laughs> that was what, well, they didn't say send him back to Japan. But people were mad that Joey Votto walked. People get mad about it. I'm tired of talking about that. Who now? Who are these people that are? Are they on Twitter? They're on Twitter. Yeah. Get off Twitter. Yeah, yeah. That's where I was watching the game. Yeah. Well, I was too. But get off Twitter. Okay. Here's my advice. Okay. Leave Twitter. Trust me. If I could, I would. It's it's helped me out some, but I do agree with you there. Um, so they made the announcement today. Moving along, looking at the pitching. Mm-hmm. Sunny Gray is going to start opening day. Yeah. You've made the statement before that the guy who starts the very first playoff game is far more important than the guy who starts the very first regular season game. Is he going to be the starter when the Reds make the playoffs this year? The first game in the playoffs? Yes. Okay. He's their best pitcher. He was last year. Wasn't even close. Yeah. I mean, Luis Castillo is still really good, but if if I'm going by last year's results, and I know David Bell emphasized today that that wasn't necessarily the case, but if I'm going by last year's results, Sonny Gray was across the board – uh, better, uh, you know. Trevor Bauer is going to have something to say about that. Luis, K- again, you talk about like a discussion I want to have. Um, you know, best of five first round series. What order are you going in? I don't want it to be. Remember 2010, where <laughs> yeah. I mean, honest to God, it was like who should start Game One against the Phillies? <laughs> uh, not Bronson Arroyo. Okay, well, what about Johnny Cueto? Uh, Homer Bailey, Edinson Volquez, uh, I guess so. Like, I want that to be a good discussion. I want that to be 2012. Hey, should it be Cueto or Latos? Game one and two, what are we going to do here? Like, I, I, I hope that's a discussion. But the most obvious candidate is, is Sonny Gray. I, I tend to think it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, normally you announce who's your opening day starter going to be. And then you look at the, the calendar for three weeks and you know you go four man rotation. There's not an off. When's the first off day? 
Not till August. It's like 16 or 17 days after opening day. Yeah. You're going to go through your starting staff. You're going to play like a quarter of your season Mm -hmm. and go through the entire rotation, I think, three or four times. Mm -hmm. Or three and a half times, I believe. So we always emphasize who's going to pitch game number one. Well, because the guy who pitches game number one early in the season is going to pitch more frequently than the guy who pitches game number five. Right. Because the guy who pitches game number five is not going to pitch game number five. He's going to be skipped. We have all these off days early in the season. Now, you don't have as many off days. Anthony DiSclefani is the fifth starter. Which, by the way, people forget how good he was at the end of last year. So, I'm kind of... I sort of downplay who's going to pitch opening day because we're not skipping over the fifth starter early in the season. Right. And these games are of immense importance. So who pitches game one is irrelevant to me. It's how many times do they get through the starting rotation where, you know, they get more good starts than than bad. I'm kind of making this all up as I go along. But that, that to me is the really interesting about setting a rotation. Fifth starter early in the season and ends up being a bullpen guy mm-hmm. because you don't need them. Right. Off day after opening day, they stagger off days because of bad weather. Not doing that now. So your whole starting staff. I mean, there's even been years where certain teams won't even name a fifth starter when the season starts because they don't need one. And it's like, well, we'll figure it out. Maybe there's a guy in AAA. Maybe there's a dude in the bullpen. We'll figure it out. You better know now. And, you know, without surveying the entire league, the Reds know now. I would imagine there are teams still trying to figure out uh, who's our five, maybe who's our four. The Hell, Tigers for one. I mean, David Bell even said today, you know, Tyler Malley is the odd man out, but we're going to use him as sort of long relief, spot start, swing guy, can do a little of both. What a great luxury to have. It's a great luxury to have in a full season, in a shortened season, where Anthony DiSclefani is going to pitch on that first Tuesday against the Cubs. Mm-hmm. How many teams are looking at that game going, Yeesh, bullpen day? Uh, true. Open competition. Oh, the Cubs? Yeah. yeah. So, to me, that illustrates the place of strength the, the Reds are coming from. For your next project on your car, check out rockauto.com. They've got an amazing selection of price or of parts with the great prices that you come to expect from rockauto.com. And they've got all the parts your car will ever need. You just go on to rockauto.com, check out their drop-down list on the left side, find your car, and they'll have a whole list of parts that you could ever need for your car. That way, you don't need to know right offhand what it is. You can find it on their website. And if you go to rockauto.com, make sure to type in Locked On on the How Did You Hear About Us section to let them know that Jeff sent you from Locked On Reds Podcast. That's rockauto.com and Locked On in the Where Did You Hear About Us section. Yeah, and, and when you look at it, Sonny Gray is going to get matched up with, I think, Matt Boyd. I was looking at the Tigers the other day because I don't know anything about them. And I think Matt Boyd's their ace. Great play. double play combination with uh, Trammell and Whitaker. <laughs> I think that was close. Not this year, but close. Did Dan Petrie. Dan Do they still have Doyle Alexander. <laughs> still looking back at uh, yeah. some of those guys. When, when I look at this and, and I think about it, it's not that big a deal. The the order of the rotation. Do you put any credence on a four man rotation in a short season like this? Yeah, sure. 
I would love that because yeah. that means you get more starts from your top guys. I know that David Bell, or it was Derek Johnson was talking about him was like, yeah, maybe, I don't know. We're not really going to try and retrain them at this point. Mm-hmm. But, you don't have to. You have five good starters. That's but if But if a guy goes in the tank, okay, now let's, you know, and, and then you could, you know, use off days or, or maybe even, you know, you you have a bullpen. I don't know. But yeah, I, I think it's something that should be under consideration. But those things to me are more out of necessity. Mm-hmm. Your strength is your starting staff. Why Easily. screw with it? Easily. Your strength, strength of your – if the Reds win this division, if they play in the playoffs, I believe reason number one is going to be because of their starting pitching. Mm-hmm. Why dick with it now? That's true. Best in the – no, but Nationals, number two in the National League. I Possibly, it's, yeah. you know. Nationals, number one, Reds, number two. Yeah. Uh, four former All-Stars. And, you know, again, last year in the second half of the season, Disco was really good. I just – to me, that's that's a – a solution in search of a problem, mm-hmm. as they say. That's true. Uh, you, you got a good starting staff that is – I know Trevor Bauer wants to pitch every four days. <laughs> Why? I mean, you, 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 your starting staff is really good. Ride those guys. And now, if, if circumstances change, by all means. But right now, I, I just don't – I don't think that's necessary. Have you missed the long relief man, and are you looking forward to seeing him again? <laughs> I remember them saying, like, piggyback starters, long man, all this stuff. And I'm like, when was the last time anybody was labeled the long man if it wasn't in, like, an 8 nothing ball game? That well, the Reds playing. back when I was a kid had Rick Mailer. Mm. And every once in a while, it, it felt to me like Rick Mailer was like, you know, he started a bunch of games in 90. But if ever there was a dude who, oh, he's given up two in the first and there's two on and one out. And boy, Lou Pinella's got Rick Mailer up in the pen. <laughs> I don't think he ever got in a game, but it was always like, oh, uh, yeah, Mailer. Um, yeah, I, I don't know when the last time you could say you could refer to a guy as the long man. I'd love to talk to a guy who was the long man and be like, how much love did you get for being the long man? Because I feel like they don't get love. They're like, oh, gosh, he's coming in. That means that management really doesn't like the way this game is. Um, I was listening to a podcast with uh, – God, uh, it was it, it was a it was a podcast with a guy by the name of Randy Neiman. Mm-hmm. Randy Neiman was the long man on the '86 Mets. Okay, and he's like, yeah, as the long man, we lost 54 games that year. He's like, I I appeared in like 30 games. We lost 27 of them. <laughs> <laughs> His job was to eat innings, you know. Right, right. So, um, I tend to think though that that guy's important because. You know, there's from the innings eating standpoint, um, in a shortened season where you don't have as much time to get your bullpen, you know, if you know, let's say you, you have a game and you use all your relievers and you have a bunch of dudes who have pitched, you know, consecutive days, and then you could sort of use the length of the season to kind of resettle everything. Yeah, you don't have that luxury here, especially when the the uh, the rosters are expanded. If you have somebody, uh, Lucas Sims or someone like that, that you're like. Bro, you're going to come in in the third inning, and then you're not going to pitch until the 13th inning. Like, mm-hmm. you're just your job is to take one for the team because I can't blow through everybody. Uh, and it's easier to do because you don't have the DH. You don't have to worry about hitting for them. Right. Well, you do have a DH. You don't have to worry about hitting for him. Right. I think that guy could actually be pretty important because in a short season, you can't play the long game as much. If you're losing 7 uh, nothing in the third inning – 
take the fucking L and play for tomorrow and have a guy eat innings. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting because you'll have a guy who is like the piggyback, long man, whatever, probably get a win or two. Yeah. And not that we're going to sit here and count wins and losses because if they do that for the Cy Young Award, that's going to be the weirdest Cy Young Award they, ever. They shouldn't, they, we shouldn't have pitcher wins and losses. To I, me, this would be the year to get rid of it. Especially this year, yeah. I, I honestly couldn't tell you how many games Sonny Gray won last year. I couldn't tell you. I, I, my goal last baseball season was to get through an entire year and never reference a pitcher's win-loss total. Because always you do the thing where you're like, oh, you know, tonight the Reds are playing the Pirates and it's, uh, you know, Luis Castillo's pitching. He's uh, looking for his eighth win. I stopped doing that. Mm-hmm. And it was liberating. I stopped paying attention to things that don't matter. And pitcher, pitcher win-loss totals and saves don't matter. They really don't. I wish they'd come up with a better stat than saves. Like, holds is better, but I don't know that that's, like, the end-all, be-all to saves. But, yeah, I'm with you there. So when I, when we're looking at this short season, and we're getting close to the end, I'm sorry. I appreciate mm-hmm. you hanging out. Yeah. Um, leashes are going to be a thing. We're, we're going to be talking about, because every game's going to get managed like it's Game 7 in the World Series. Because mm-hmm. you pretty much have to this year. Yeah. I know we, we kind of <clears throat> knocked David Bell for doing that last year. This year he's kind of got to do it. Who on the team has long leashes, no questions asked, and who are you worried about and think should have some short leashes? Like well, on the whole team, the team as a whole? Yeah, give me two long leashes, two short leashes. Um, that's a really good question. I think the Galvis thing is interesting. Yeah. We've talked about him at nauseum, I know. Uh, Me who, and you. Yeah, but I mean, he wasn't their first choice to play shortstop. Or their second. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, um, you know, Freddie hit the ball out of the ballpark a bunch last year. Um, but he's not their first choice. So, what if he stumbles out of the gate? If they make a trade. Most interesting thing about this season. Yeah, yeah. Is the trade possibilities. I, I was glad that they left it open, but I'm with you. It is kind of interesting that they left it open. I thought they would have left it closed so the teams yeah. couldn't just blow it up when they're just... I would have, what I would have done, and you know maybe this was discussed, is I would have said before teams report, we, we're going to have a three-day transaction window where if you want to trade somebody, you can trade them. But when that player moves with his family or without his family... And sets up shop in that town. That's where he's staying. Yeah. Um, because we're going to do this whole thing where you got to be quarantined with your team, tight quarters with your team, right? Until we trade you. <laughs> yeah. Then you got to move. But then, what's the point of quarantine? <laughs> like, and are you only allowed to trade with central teams? Can you trade with every team? Right. And it's it just like like from a, a basic them. human decency standpoint, it's like yeah, I know nobody has sympathy for these guys, but I just it's it's a shitty thing to do. Yeah. You know, report to work, go through all the protocols, you know, bring your family to town with you. Uh, oh, see ya. We're tra- and, I, I, you know, it's for a month if you get traded on August 31st or maybe two months. But but I think it's the most interesting part of this season because the Reds this past offseason improved their team, still have all their best prospects, yep. still have all their best young players. Yep. So they still have the prospect capital. Um, and... I've got to think that with all these owners crying poverty, there's going to be a, a guy who's telling his GM, like, look, cut payroll as soon as you can. 
I don't care if we're in it. I don't care if we're not. Cut payroll as soon as you can. And you had teams this offseason who were in a position to maybe win, and they didn't make their team better, and they were exploring trading some of their best guys. So if you're the Reds and you're all in, what kind of market is there? And that's not just superstar players. It's like for a team that's probably not going to be great defensively, is there a good glove guy that you can get? that just gives you somebody you could play in the field in the eighth or ninth inning? Is there a, a speed demon that you're like, man, we'll take him, and if we play an extra inning game, that guy's starting on second base. Right. Is there a long man? I mean, you know, under-the-radar dudes. I think that's the most interesting part of the Reds are all in. They've got prospect capital, and who knows who's going to have a fire sale. Uh, so that that's interesting. In, in terms of leashes, um I mean, you know, let's let's be honest. Look around the field. They they just paid a lot of money for Mustakis and Castellanos. Those guys are going nowhere. They obviously have a lot of money invested in Joey Votto. Uh, he's not going to go anywhere. The left field situation, I think, would be interesting. Yeah. Um, let's say in a small sample size, Irvin gets a few hits against righties, or Winker gets a chance to play against lefties, and hits. How does that change things? Um, or one of those guys underperforms in their niche area. Yeah. If Jesse Winker can't hit against righties, what what good is he? That's the whole point. If right. Philip Irvin can't hit against lefties, what good is he? So if there's a failure there, you're going to have to re-examine it. Um, the, the, the wild card in this whole thing is Senzel. Yeah. He's he's a guy that I've, I've looked at and looked at. And, I mean, it's like you said. It's like everybody said. He has no position. Although they keep saying he has center field. And I think the DH makes that easier. And it was interesting because uh, Tom Verducci listed the top 10 players that benefit from the DH. Mm -hmm. And he was number two. Yeah, sure. Because otherwise, where does he play? Okay, but let's say he pl let's say they put him in center field. Yeah. Shogo play left, Winker play DH. Or Shogo play right. Yeah. What if he's no good? <laughs> yeah. Because what we saw last year wasn't bad. Well, he started dicking with his batting approach. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like... In year one. Like, midway through the season, it's like, what, uh, what's going on here? He, he did not have a bad rookie season. He didn't have a great rookie season. Right. But he is, you know, now 25 years old. We're kind of hoping for a payoff here this year. Like, you know, oftentimes you're in a position where you, you promote your best prospect and he's got some time to figure things out. 60-game season, we're trying to win the World Series this year, big boy. I don't have time for you to you know, figure it out. So he is probably going to get more playing time um, based on the, the, having the DH, and now there's a spot open. But it, it's, just, it's interesting to me. The Reds just seem so lukewarm on him this offseason. I mean, they said all the right things, right. but it's like... It's only when they were asked, though. Hey, uh... Senzel's your center fielder, right? Like, but nah, we've got the Shogo. We just paid him 21 mil. Like, well, uh, maybe Shogo can play right. Yeah, well, we're going to sign Castellano, 64 mil. All right, well, Senzel's played some second base. Eh, we got Moustakis. And then when, when Suarez was hurt, it was, well, how about Senzel play third? That's the position he's played the most. And even Nick Crawl's like, yeah, we're not going to do that. It's like... <laughs> Okay. Uh, and then it was, well, are you going to trade him? Well, we don't want to do that, which maybe they don't. They did talk about it. Uh, so they, they just seem really lukewarm on him. Yeah. And I, 
I'm not blaming them for that. It wasn't like he had this transcendent rookie season. But now he's going to be on the team. He's probably going to have a more prominent role than you thought before the season. If he's not carrying his weight, you know, it's not like, hey, give him a couple of months and he'll figure it out. If I give you a couple of months and you haven't figured it out, maybe we're not going to the playoffs. So he, to me, now what's what's the next plan after that? You know, what is Aquino's back? And I mean, I, I, I don't know. But he's got to have... And you hate it for him because the only way he's going to get to where we all want him to go is to play a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd like to do that, but you have to justify the playing time if I have 60 games to get to the postseason. So he, to me, is is uh, is the guy. Is is the guy. And then, I mean, look, you know, everybody now assumes since they play the Tigers a bunch, they're, they're going to get off to this killer start, and, and I think they will as well, but... Yeah, the last two years I watched him end their season in the first two weeks. Yeah. You know, if if your team comes out not hitting, if your bullpen blows a game, if if a, you know you have you know consecutive bad starts and you lose a couple of games, it's not unfor. This isn't football. This isn't basketball. The bad team does win often, but you, now you're off to a a terrible start. What does that do for the whole sort of strategy with this team? You know, I mean, I think it's. It's worth wondering if they just nobody wants to entertain this, and I certainly it's certainly not a very strong likelihood. But it's baseball; it's random. We're all saying it's unpredictable. If you're saying it's unpredictable, you have to allow for the possibility this team's going to blow in the first month of the season. Well, right. then what do we do? Team's going to lose money. You just took on all this cash, and you're going to stink this year. What does that mean for a Trevor Bauer? What does that mean for? You know, I mean, he doesn't have a deal for next year. What does that mean for what they do with guys who are, you know, they're on the hook for, you know, down the road? So, um, but I mean, I think I think most guys on this team have a have a pretty long leash. Freddie Galvis is just worth paying attention to, just because it, it just it, it felt like to me he was always Plan B. So, what if Plan A becomes available? What if the Indians say, uh, all right? We talked about this in the winter. Uh, let's go, Lindor. Let's let's do it. Uh, you know that 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 package is going to have to be significant, just because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of teams in in the bidding for that. But right. you know, Freddie Galvis's play could impact you know where the Reds are if such a offer comes. So those are the two for me, Freddie and uh, I'm, I'm using his name, Freddie, like we're buddies. Freddie Galvis and Nick Senzel. The Fred man. Yeah. That'll do it for another edition of the Locked On Reds podcast. Thanks so much to Mo for being on. Like I mentioned, if you don't already do so, check out his radio show from 3 to 6 on ESPN 1530. Also check out his work at The Athletic. He's got a lot of great articles on there as well. Now, coming up tomorrow, we're going to break down some of the scrimmage footage that we saw on Twitter, Facebook, wherever it was that you're watching, and take a look at this starting rotation and where I think it stacks up in the National League. Make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast. That way you don't miss any episodes. It's on all the platforms you can think of. We're on Spotify, Google, Stitcher, iTunes, uh, iHeart, all that good stuff. Also follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's and follow the show at Locked On Reds and save that Locked On Reds light number as your phone at 513-549-0159. That'll do it though for us now. Tell your smart device to play Locked On Major League Baseball. Thanks again. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.